Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from lifestylemastery.com and today I'm excited to have Christian Larson, who's a full-time blogger who started Believe in a Budget, uh, which was started in, two th- uh, in January 2015, uh, when she shared her journey on saving money and getting out of debt by doing random paying jobs. She figured out if she could help one person to read a blog and help that person start a side hustle, her goal would be met. Now, Christian is making six figures thanks to her blog. She runs a highly successful Pinterest course called Penetrous presence and has recently also ventured into FBA. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. So, so you know, what made you get into online marketing and uh, what made you get into blogging? You know, that's such a good question. Back in 2014, I had kind of discovered the whole online blogging thing and how I started discovering income reports. And I thought it was so fascinating that people could have a blog and make money online. So I just kept diving deeper and deeper into it. And then at the start of uh, January, 2015, I knew I wanted to start my blog and I knew I wanted it to make a profit and I knew I wanted to help people. And that's really just how I got started. I wanted to be able to leave my day job. I wanted to spend more time with my dogs at home because they're a little older. And so just so many things where I wanted to have full control over my life and not be told, you know, I have to go to a nine to five job, that kind of thing. Got it. So, uh, you know, how much time did it take for you to, you know, uh, take a, take a side hustle, uh, from, uh, you know, and into, into leaving a job and, you know, making it a full-time career? Oh, so this is good. So when I started blogging, I was working full-time and then I was also commuting about an hour each way. So I had to find time to blog at really random times of the day. So sometimes it would be on my lunch break, I would try to do something on Twitter. Or in the evening, I would try to write a blog post. So it was usually um, hours where I wasn't needed somewhere else. So late at night, really early in the morning, on the weekends, and I spent all of my free time trying to learn as much as I could about blogging. Oh, awesome. Right, so, um, so you know, a lot, a lot of bloggers, uh, when they when they start uh, their the journey, they uh, they look at their blog as as a journal. But you know, what made you decide to focus on uh, you know uh, money and, and saving money, uh, and, and you know focus uh, your energies on on this particular topic? Well, I had spent a lot of time in college and in my early twenties trying different side hustles. And I had all these stories I was telling all my friends about ways they could earn extra money, like how to mystery shop, how to use your cell phone at the grocery store to make money, Um, all kinds of really weird things like donating plasma, like um, I would deliver pharmaceutical drugs to people's houses, like all kinds of weird things. And I was like, you know, this would be perfect to put on a blog because I bet if someone else knew even these things existed, that I was doing, they could do them too. And so it just gave me so much content to write about. I had so many things, so many different blog posts I could publish to share my story. And then 
what happened from there is then people would chime in and say, oh, I have a story to tell. So then I could have people come in and guest post and share their crazy story on how they made money. So it was fun. I really liked my blog started like that because it was just so different than other blogs. And then it was just so personal as well. Got it. And, uh, uh, you know, since there are, you know, millions of blogs, you know, what, what, what is one suggestion you give to listeners on how to differentiate your, your blog or, uh, or, or your content from other blogs and make it more engaging? Yeah, I was worried about that when I first got started. Um, you know, one of my fears was there's already so many other blogs out there. Will mine really make a difference? And it does because no one else can write like you write or talk how you talk. So for me, it was just really putting it into my perspective on how I did things and then as well as tr how I could reach out to my audience and my readers and kind of bring them into the conversation. So I always knew I wasn't an amazing writer. I didn't have perfect grammar, but I could get people engaged and excited about wanting to do the things that I had already done. Okay. Uh, uh, so, um, so, you know, when you, when you started uh, working on a blog, uh, uh, what, what, you, know, you know, if you have any suggestions on what is the biggest money mis uh, mistake people usually make uh, uh, when they start, uh, you know, saving money and getting out of debt? Um, so I would say if you're trying to save money and get out of debt, um, I went through this. So I had a side hustle all the time to try to cut my expenses because at my day job, I was only earning so much extra money. And I knew that to get out of debt, I either needed to make more or I needed to spend less. And I was already spending the least amount of money possible. So that's why side hustling was huge for me because I could do it without having to get another second job or another part-time job. So I looked for side hustles where I could um, work them into my everyday life. So I knew if I was at the grocery store and I could do a side hustle that paid like $20 if I took some photos of the grocery store. That was perfect because I could fit it into my daily routine without having to drive really far away or do anything out of the ordinary. So for me, it was really just finding side hustles that fit my schedule that I enjoyed doing. Got it. Um, so, you know, uh, when you start working on your, on your blog, uh, did you take the help of any courses or, or, or were you just focused on uh, building great content and, uh, you know, uh, making sure that people, you know, uh, uh, read your content? So in the beginning, I was really tough on myself. and I really wanted to build content and build authority. So for the first year, I wrote three blog posts every single week. And I just really wanted to get into a system of, um, you know, people can come to my blog. They know I'm publishing new content. I had so much to write about. So that was big for me. Um, in the beginning, I signed up for a course maybe five or six months into blogging um, because I wanted to find everything in one place and learn all from one source. Where before that, I was kind of just looking at things online or trying to read books to kind of figure out what to do next. So in the beginning, I just kind of went for it, um, you know, stuck to a schedule. But then later on, I knew if I could take a course on blogging in general, that would really help me grow. Got it. Uh, um, so let's talk about Pinterest. You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm one of the students of the course, which is Pinterest Presence, uh, and you, you also run 
penetrates VA. Um, so, you know, uh, how do you, uh, how do you use Pinterest and, you know, how has Pinterest helped you grow your business? Pinterest has changed my life. Um, it's been amazing. When I started my blog for the first four or five months, I wasn't really getting very much traffic to my site. And then, um, you know, I didn't really understand social media. So I wasn't on, I wasn't on Facebook. I had a Twitter account, but I didn't really know how to use it. I've never been on platforms like LinkedIn, but when I signed up for Pinterest and was using that, that's what changed everything. I was able to create all these pins and these great descriptions and that just catapulted traffic back to my site. And from there is when I really started monetizing and making money on my website. And it was primarily based on all the traffic coming from Pinterest. I'd say my first year, at least my first year or two, probably 90% of my traffic organically came from Pinterest, which is crazy. Well, that's up. So are you still dependent on Pinterest as, as a platform to, to drive traffic? Oh, yeah. I would say now I'm probably between maybe seven, I'm probably around 70% of my traffic still comes from Pinterest. A lot more of it now comes from Google. Um, I've kind of focused on that some in the past year. So I'm getting a lot more traffic that's coming from Google because I'm landing on the first like one, two or three pages, which is awesome. But still um, Pinterest is where it's at for me and especially because it's free. So I rely on Pinterest totally. Got it. And, uh, you know, uh, on your course, you talk about Tailwind and, uh, you know, uh, other apps like Board Booster. But I think uh, since, the you know, uh, it's uh, Board Booster is something which you, you cannot use now. Uh, but uh, how, how, can, how can Tailwind help you schedule your content? And, uh, you know, can, can, can talk to you, uh, tell, tell you uh, listeners on what are, what are the best strategies on how to, uh, how to syndicate a content through Pinterest. Yeah. So Tailwind is one of the best investments you'll ever make for yourself with your blog, especially if you're a new blogger. Um, you can sign up. They have a free 30 day trial. And then I want to say they have different pricing, but I think it's like $9 or 10 bucks a month, something like that. It's low. And what's so great about it is, is that it's like an automated scheduler. So what I do um, once a week is, or once a month, I go into my Tailwind account and you're able to take all the images, all your Pinterest images off your website and put them into something called the Smart Loop. And that's where um, Tailwind will go ahead and automate all your scheduling for you. So to most people, it looks like if they're on Pinterest and they see my pins, it looks like I'm pinning content all day long. But in reality, Tailwind is doing that job for me. So it's kind of like I'm dropping in all these images into Tailwind and then they shoot them out, spread over the course of a day at different times for me. And it's such a time saver, such a time saver. Got it. So, um, so it looks like you, you spend uh, not more than an hour a week, uh, you know, scheduling your content or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even since the beginning of when Tailwind came out, which was a few years ago, I've always pretty much maintained about an hour a week using Pinterest and Tailwind, which is a great use of my time. I mean, it's the best investment. I spend one hour a week in Tailwind, and then in return, Pinterest sends me all this traffic every single day and every month. 
So it's amazing. It's probably one of the best things you can purchase. Got it. And, and, and is Pinterest uh, uh, a right, right platform for, uh, for all sort of lifestyle blockers? Or do you think uh, if you're only in a, in, in the, in a financial, finance niche or, or a specific niche, uh, would, would it serve the purpose for you? No, Pinterest is great for everyone. Um, when I was, had my Pinterest management company, I worked with tons of clients and they were in all different kinds of niches. So I worked with authors. I worked with people that owned local stores, magazine companies, travel websites, uh, fashion and lifestyle blogs. So it's great for everyone because if you have, as long as you have a website where you can send traffic to, you should be on Pinterest. Oh, awesome. And, um, you know, on Pinterest, you've got something like group boards. Um, so, so, can, so can you talk about, you know, how, how to get into group boards and how can group boards help you, uh, you know, uh, uh, sending the content across uh, on, on uh, for your blog on different, uh, uh, you know, on, on different channels? Yeah, I love group boards on Pinterest. And basically what they are is a group of people. It can be any amount. It could be just two people. It could be 200 people. And what we do is we basically share our audiences. So you can join a group board and let's say there's 20 people in there. Well, now when you pin one of your images to that group board, not only will your audience see it, but now all the audiences from 20 other people. So it's just such a great natural way to get your content viewed by so many more people. So not all group boards are created equal, and it does take a little bit of work to get into a group board, see how your pins are performing, and then decide if it's a good board you should be in or not. But that's such a great way to get traffic. So you definitely need to join group boards if you're going to use Pinterest. Got it. And uh, let's talk about your second course, which is Pinterest VA. So is that a, is that a consultancy that you run or is it, is it a course for, uh, for, for teaching people how to, how to, uh, how to be a VA for, uh, for Pinterest? Yeah. So this course is so fun. So, Part of the reason I was able to quit my day job when I had my blog was that I also started offering Pinterest virtual assistant services, which is called Pinterest VA. And when I launched my company over the course of like a year or two, I worked with over a hundred clients, which is crazy. And it got to the point where I was just getting too busy. I couldn't work with everyone. So what happened was I created a course, which was Pinterest presence, but from there it pivoted some and we launched a new course called Become a Pinterest VA Today. And that's where I basically teach people exactly what I did as a Pinterest VA. I still work with clients now to make sure I always know exactly what's going on inside the industry. And it's great. People sign up for the course and then we teach them all the skills on how to use Pinterest for business, how to find clients. Um, we teach people how much to charge everything you can think of. So it's just a really full circle process for me um, now, which is crazy. I never ever imagined I would have even became a Pinterest VA. And now that I get to teach it to other people, it's super rewarding. It's like the ultimate side hustle. Awesome. So, um, so you know, uh, you, you, 
you were publishing online reports about your income. Uh, you know, uh, can can you talk to listeners? What are the different ways you make money, uh, and, and you know wh- why you uh, uh, you stopped you know uh, publishing your online reports? Yeah, so I started publishing income reports the very first month I made money, and that took me about four months back in 2015. So I started my blog around January. And I believe I published my first report in April and I made like $60. And it was amazing because I was so proud to tell other people how I made money. And then from there on, I published them every month for about three years. Um, And it was great because most of the time they were increasing, but then there was a couple months, you know, they went down, but it was great because I was able to share inside of the reports where my income came from. So my income is really varied and I love that it's so diverse. So some of my income comes from ads that are on my website. Um, Sometimes my income comes from working with like a freelance client as a Pinterest VA. I have affiliate marketing, which is a ton of different, companies I work with that I just lump it into the affiliate income aspect. Um, And then I have courses, products, that kind of thing. So it's different. Um, Sometimes I have sponsored posts. I haven't done those in a while as I've shifted more to focus on my courses, but it's so diverse, which is great because if one income stream, like let's say ads are low for a month, I know I'll make more money maybe in a different category. So I think being diverse is super important. Got it. And, uh, you know, what is the best way for people to, uh, to create affiliate income? Uh, if you think having, having a big email list really matters for somebody to uh, create income through affiliate marketing? No, I don't. And it's so interesting because I think the longer I blog or have my business for, the more I really don't care about my numbers as much. I think they're important depending on what you're doing. Like if your goal is to just make a ton of money off of ads, then you're going to need a lot of people visiting your website. Um, So that's one thing. But let's say you have an email list. I don't think the size necessarily matters but it's more about how engaged they are with you. So I think it's much better to have a list of like a thousand subscribers. If you can get like 30 or 40% of them to purchase something as opposed to having 10,000 people on your list, but only, you know, a hundred people want to buy something. That's not very good. So for me, it's really about finding the right reader for my website And then building like their trust and getting them to like me and then hoping eventually they'll want to purchase something for me or they trust me and they'll go um, use something I recommend. Got it. And are there any courses and books you suggest for, uh, you know, upcoming bloggers, uh, you know, who can, uh, who would want to know about how to grow their businesses? Yeah. So the very first book I ever read was by Ruth Sukup. And it's called How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. And I love this book because it's like a paperback book. And um, I liked it because it talked about why it's okay to make money online. I know sometimes people are like, oh, but you have a blog. You know, are you sure you should be making money from it? Is it a hobby? And I think that's really up to you. You can have a hobby blog or you can have a blog that helps people and makes a profit. So I thought the book did such a good job of listing out 
different ways you can make income, how you can help people, all that kind of stuff. So I thought that book was great. And it really just expanded my mind to think bigger. Got it. And, you know, talking about uh, side hustling projects, um, I, I know that you, you started a FBA project and that's how, uh, you know, uh, we, we connected and uh, I thought it would be great to have you on my podcast and talk about FBA as well. So, um, so how did you get your start with FBA and why did you, you know, build uh, another, uh, uh, you know, physical products brand when you already had a, had a you know, blog, uh, uh, blog with you? Oh gosh, that's probably one of the riskiest things I've ever done. And I had to think about it for a long time. And honestly, looking back, it's, it reminds me of when I started my blog because I just didn't know anything. Like when I started blogging, I didn't, I didn't even know what WordPress was. I didn't know what, how to do email. I didn't know how to do, how to make money, anything. And starting the FBA business has been so similar. It's back to the basics. I took a course. I've been just learning as much as possible. And I just thought this would be such a different way to try to bring in income. And it's just unlike anything I've ever done before. And it's really pushing me to see what I can learn and if I can make it successful and how much do I need to hustle with it, that kind of thing. So it's definitely been a long process. You know, it's with blogging, I was able to make income within four months. It was a low investment. I just had to buy my domain and my website, that kind of thing. With the FBA, you know, I have to learn how to buy inventory. And it's been a little more expensive. But I think in the long run, it's really going to pay off. Got it. And, and what, is, what is your uh, FBA business about? It's called Hoppet Trading, is it? Yep, it's called Harpeth Trading. Um, and... I'm selling unisex wallets. So right now we have a line of wallets. They're doing extremely well. Um, and then we also have sketchbooks and notebooks. So how I started was I started with five different products and the goal was to just to see if I could get one to be profitable. And from there you kind of pivot and then you kind of expand that line. And I was really surprised that the wallet did really well. And then the sketchbook did really well. So um, we're just kind of going with it. And now what we're doing with the one sketchbook is now it's going to come out in more colors. So I'm excited. It's really, it's just so different and it's fun and it helps me be a little more creative and I love designing things. So it's, it's fun. I can't wait to see where I am six months from now. Awesome. And, and you, you're creating these, uh, designs on your own and uh, were you also manufacturing it from, from US or from China? Yep, so I'm designing everything. Um, I order prototypes and samples and then I have found different manufacturing companies overseas in China and then I've been really working on just building relationships with people. I want to work with people that I like, that are proactive, that are hustling like I am. So that's been a really big part of it is just finding the right group of people I want to work with. And I definitely feel like I found my tribe and I found who I want to um, do business with. And so it's been a great process. Um, you know, we communicate via Skype and luckily Skype does all the translating for us as I don't know Chinese and they don't know English. So that hasn't even been a barrier, which was something I was like initially worried about. 
Um, but it's great. You know, they send everything over. I get to inspect it all. Um, and then if, you know, everything looks good, I send it into Amazon. Got it. And, and, and you know, uh, how do you, how do you set your FBA brand apart from other brands? Because, because I believe there, there are a lot of other brands who are also creating planners and, uh, you know, wallets. Uh, so do you think it's a competitive uh, niche? Yes, that's the, that's huge difference. So to me, I find blogging to be a really fun community where everyone helps each other. And Amazon is so competitive. So it was definitely a wake up call. And the biggest thing is there's going to be products that are similar to mine. Um, and it's really just finding how can my product tell a better story and how can my product be different than what else is out there? So what makes mine more special? So I've had to put a lot of time and thought into kind of telling about the story and the journey of how I use these products in my everyday life and making sure the quality is really good because, you know, it's what I've come to expect and I want other people to have. So yeah, it's definitely been a learning process for sure. Got it. And uh, are there any marketing strategies you're using to push uh, your FBA brand? Because I believe you also have a Shopify uh, uh, shop. Um, so are you yes. using a lot of paid marketing like Facebook ads or any other, uh, you know, uh, marketing strategies to, to push your uh, products? So with FBA, um, with Amazon, I do Amazon ads primarily, but then organically, I'm just creating Pinterest pins. And Pinterest pins then go back to the Shopify store. I know Pinterest itself has, they go back and forth about whether or not you can link to something on Amazon. So what I'll usually do is I'm testing out different situations. So I'll create a pin and then I'll have it go back to my blog post that features all of my Harpeth trading products. And then from there, they can click and go to Amazon. And then I have some pins that go directly then to the Shopify store. So it's been good to test out like what's working better, what images are performing better, that kind of thing. Okay. And, and uh, you know, what, what are the kind of profit margins uh, you look on, a, on an FBA business uh, and, uh, you know, are you, are you profitable in last, uh, since you've started this business? So Amazon is so much harder to make profits than selling digital products. So yeah. right now I'd say I've almost broke even from ordering, from taking the course and then ordering my first round of products. And what's really interesting about Amazon is that, you know, at the beginning I started with a order of a hundred units per product. And now we're at the phase where we can order 500 units per product. And then the next phase will be, we'll order a thousand. So as I keep increasing how much stock I'm ordering, the better discounted price I'm able to get from my manufacturer. So for me, I look at it in terms of it being a longer game where the first couple cycles of ordering and selling, I'm breaking even, or I'm taking whatever profit I have and reinvesting it into my business. So this for me is a really good mindset to have is that I treat this business like I don't want to go into debt. Um, it's a side hustle. If it was my main job, I'd have to have a totally different strategy. But for now, I really like the direction I'm going in because it's slow, but it's very specific. And I'm really making sure I don't go into any debt. So I think six months from now or 12 months from now, it'll definitely be profitable. 
Okay, and uh, are there any courses which you recommend, or any you know you know the course which you're doing? So, the course I'm in was really expensive, and I have no idea if there are other courses out there. Um, the one I took, it's called the Amazing Selling Machine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's for everybody. It's a hard course. They, I kind of went into it knowing this is going to take several months to learn and implement. Um, because you're kind of trying to take action as you go through the course, such as, you know, working with manufacturers, getting your prototypes, all that kind of stuff. So that could be why the course was more expensive. I've never spent that much on a course before. Um, but I do think it was awesome and it's helping and it's working. Like everything I've done is because of that course and it's how I'm starting to like make money. So for me, it's working. I think there's probably a ton of cheaper ones out there. It was recommended to me by a friend who does Amazon selling. So, and he is having, he makes tons and tons of money. So I definitely took his word on it. And that's why I took that course. Okay. Uh, got it. And uh, so let's quickly do the top three where, you know, I asked the top three questions uh, and you'll have to, you know, uh, uh, give an answer on that. So are you ready for that? Okay. Yeah. So, so what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book would be the one I mentioned by Ruth, the how to blog for profit without selling your soul. It was maybe like 10 bucks and it taught me everything I needed to know about blogging, blogging in a nutshell. Got it. And if you could go back in time when you started believing in a budget, uh, what is the one thing you would have focused on? Oh man, I would have focused more on the importance of having an email list as well as having different email opt-ins. Um, I think if I had had more diverse email opt-ins, I could have, you know, started growing my list, tagging and segmenting them differently based on their interests and their likes. I think that would have been really beneficial for me. Okay. And uh, well, what's your favorite online tool, for example, Gmail or Slack? My favorite is Tailwind. It's the best return of investment for me because it's such a low cost and it makes me so much money. Awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about your blog? Yeah, they can just come visit me at believeinabudget.com or they can email me and my email is just info, I-N-F-O at believeinabudget.com. All right. Uh, uh, thank you, Krishna, for coming on to the show. I really appreciate speaking to you. Yes, thank you so much. This was super fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.